0: You are listening to
1: This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode, number 12 in our golf series. Today with me, I have Director Director of Instruction at Southern Hills Country Club, Mr. Ryan Rohde. Thanks for coming in, mate.
0: Well, thanks for having me
1: it's a crazy time at the moment I'm sure Uh, being a country club I'm sure you boys have been open but uh, obviously you know having to clean a bunch of things I know I watched senior social media and you're doing a lot of stuff from home in the backyard and and adding value to everyone that's out there that doesn't live at a country club so for everyone else I really appreciate that on everyone else's behalf
0: yeah it was it was an interesting time and fun to get to do some of those things that we wouldn't normally do so it was it was kind of neat but glad to be back open and back to our semi-normalcy
1: we'll say oh yeah definitely i think uh everybody's buying putting mats and and hitting you know hitting nets and everything and now everybody has a golf course in their backyard right
0: yeah exactly for sure
1: awesome well um everyone that follows you you know knows that you're at southern hills now and and, and was it was a gladia before that but let's go all the way back like where, where does golf start for you
0: so for me, um, right after, uh, I played four years of college golf at Southwestern College um, in Winfield, Kansas, and left there, and pretty quickly after got to work in the golf business at a club out in California called Madison Club, mm-hmm. uh, and so started there and got to kind of hang around Mike Abbott and Hank Haney, who were, who were teaching some lessons there to some PJ Tour pros, and that kind of created a, you know, an inspiration for me to kind of be like them. And migrated my way to Texas. Uh, spent a couple of years at a club called Spanish Oaks in Austin. And around some some pretty cool guys there. Got to see some good teachers. And it really probably kicked off when I went to Dallas, Texas, at Brook Hollow when I was 25. And I worked there for about four and a half years. had uh, pro Simon Buckle. And got to kind of do a, an apprenticeship you could say with Cameron McCormick who's obviously famous for teaching uh, you know Jordan Spieth and mm-hmm. Silver and you and, and lots of other players now so uh, spending that time with him kind of prepared me to kind of go out and, and be able to do some teaching stuff on the now but you know that was an invaluable experience and, and kind of being with him and during that time kind of showed me what it, what it took from that side to get better and, and kind of constantly improve but uh, yeah, from
1: there went to Gladia
0: and then now now back in Southern Hills. So, yeah, that's good to be back in Oklahoma where I grew up. And that's right a pretty good course. resume
1: of uh, re- pretty good resume of places that you've you know checked off the list and worked at, right? When you, when you go down the list in your resume, you're like, oh, you know Spanish Oaks, and yeah, you know, it's, it's not a bad bad bunch of golf courses, right?
0: For sure, We're
1: very lucky for sure. Yeah, so you grew up here, um, where you know was. Like dad play golf family play golf like how do you how do you get into golf from a young age
0: yeah so when i was really young my dad's been a golfer his whole his whole life and so i kind of just you know hung around him um when i was seven we moved to oak tree country club and so we were on 11 at the east course and i kind of just started playing golf a little bit out there with him and then before I knew it, I was just out there playing golf either by myself or some other kids at the club that lived out there Mm. and basically just playing golf every single day. Um, kind of got good just because we lived there and there was really nothing else to do. It was normal for us to walk out and and play a bunch of golf. Um, it's comfortable full circle. I actually just got back from watching a bunch of my high school players at the Oak tree junior Invitational today. Um, (laughs) that's the course where I grew up. So it's deja vu city for me right now. But yeah, that was that was the big thing for me. I grew up playing there, um, around a lot of good players, and I kind of just almost got better from being around them and just played a lot of golf. Mm-hmm
1: yeah that's one thing that people like they ask me you know like when I was a kid they say you know how do you get better as a kid and it's always like playing golf with people who are better than you right or people older golfers I mean golf's one of the sports you grow up really quick playing around but yeah if you can get around better players regardless of, of how old you are as long as they don't mind you being around then yeah. uh, that's definitely the best place to learn so um, had fun obviously at college and then golf was always like you know on the on the mind as a career
0: yeah, it was interesting. Golf has kind of always been my thing. I played competitively since I was 11, and I'll tell I'll tell kind of a funny story. But you know about what you said about being around players that are better. I was probably about 10 or so. I, mm-hmm. thought I was at Oatree. I thought I was pretty good. I was kind of shooting like at the time there like mid 40s was pretty good for a 10 year old. That's no longer yeah <laughs> really elite for a 10 year old anymore because there's some really good 10 year olds now. But. uh, you know, I I played golf and like it was the junior club championship with Taylor Palmer. And, uh, I think he shot like seventy four, And I think I was somewhere in like the low nineties and I kind of figured out, figured out that, you know, wow, I can get a lot better. And this guy's really, really good. So that was pretty cool. But I've always, you know, kind of started playing those junior events. Then I started playing some, uh, South central Oklahoma section, section events as a junior, that helped me get better and then kind of played a few AJGA events when I could get in. And, um, you know, after college I was probably unsure for about two months or so. I kind of, I had this like, uh, nine to five job for about two months. Mm-hmm. And then I was like looking up tournament results every day and trying to figure out stuff to play. And I kind of realized like, I'm probably doing the wrong thing. So it was really quick for me, you know, after that month span after, um after college like you know i think i want to go do something with golf but that's really all i've ever thought about and all i still think about too so
1: yeah it's always been on
0: the mind since very very young age for yeah sure.
1: that's it's crazy to look back and think you know what what you know if you hadn't realized that early on in the nine to five where you'd be right and then sure. all the yeah, opportunities absolutely. that you've had through through just taking that route from that age and seeing the things that you've seen and places you've been like they obviously you know different stage of life they might not have been there so yeah totally, it's uh it's awesome sure. um obviously recently you know you you guys have have i guess what in the last month or so that's been announced that you're going to get the is it the PJ championship 20 yeah. something uh 2030 yeah and that's i mean last one was on was it 07? Was yeah, last was one? 07 and then i think there was a usam maybe in 09 i think i looked yep. it's been a while yeah. then since <laughs> since a goal you know since a big event um you know, uh, was it obviously with them I assume the members were happy to have that back at the, you know, a tournament back at the golf course.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. They're stoked. just to kind of show off the club, especially the new changes, you know, Gil has come in and read on the course and mm-hmm. it's been open for about a year now, but totally different golf course, added a lot of length, um, some runoffs on the greens. It's really, you know, really a lot different than people will remember seeing it back in 07 for sure. So it'll be a it'll be cool to showcase it. Um, yeah. and then next year we'll get kind of the preview of that for the 2021, uh, senior PGA. So,
1: Oh, nice. I didn't uh, know that. that be yeah, really cool. That'll be,
0: that'll be kind of that preview. I think it'll be pretty exciting, exciting yeah. for people who, um, obviously watch it and see it on TV too.
1: Yeah. You mentioned lengthening the golf course quite a bit. I mean, with yeah. just, golf in general going you know the longer way now and and some of the golf courses i grew up playing back in wales like they've held senior pete senior you know british opens but they could never get a real open because they're not long enough right and yeah. i think we lose so many great golf courses like that and i'm sure the same out here if you don't do the work that that is needed but um i had a, a guys that do the podcast with me one of the guys asked um you know can you he said is it possible to still make it on tour if you don't hit it over 300 yards yeah and i think you can but like obviously you know there's a significant advantage but i know a lot of the guys that you teach i mean they send it like quaid hits it a very long way yeah Um, and i'm sure you've got some others as well that that are coming up that really bomb it but i would be interested to hear your thoughts on that like what do you think are you teaching like speed and power over accuracy or what
0: yeah, hundred percent. I mean, the, the stats basically show it's kind of a cool thing for the listeners here, but there's distance versus accuracy at about a two to one ratio. So if you can, if you're hitting driver and you can pick up, you know, let's say you pick up 10 yards and you lose on average, maybe three or four yards of accuracy, then you've improved. Yeah. So, um, that's kind of a good barrier. And then you look at kind of start looking at some PJ tour speed averages and then, And you start looking at the money list, what the top five distance guys do versus the top five accuracy guys. I think that the answer is probably if you don't hit 300, the answer is yes. Like you can still be a Zach Johnson out there, Mm -hmm. but if that happens, you've got to be really, really good at something else. Like you've got to have super power. Like you've got to be unreal at wedges or unreal at putting or the best short game on the planet. You've got to be, very, very good at
1: something that can kinda of offset that for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think, you know, so everyone that kinda of follows you on social media or either follows you know the, the guys that you coach, like, you know, you, you've got a, a got a a group of very good players and and that are, you know, not on tour yet, but they're definitely heading that way. Um, and I'm sure you've got some other kids that are, that are in high school that you know super special as well like what's what's it like being a coach and and having a player that's you know because growing up like every coach I guess desires to have that one player like uh, you know Cameron McCormack has Spieth and goes on tour and his life has changed right like you know what and as being a coach like that is I assume your ultimate goal is to have players that are on tour right that's like the pinnacle of what you do
0: yeah I think that you know, for me, I interact with so many different players, whether they're, you know, members of the club that are beginning playing off or Quaid, Quaid Cummins, Austin Necro, Garrett Regan, those guys are the kind of, you know, top end game, started working with Katie Wood a little bit too, who's starting to play professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're looking at those, those guys, it's really just kind of that per person basis. And you know, we're sitting down, we're goal setting, we're figuring out what we need to do. Um, you know, it's exciting for me to do those things because I think that, you know, I, as a player that was trying to do that as a kid too, I always wanted someone to kind of help me do that. Mm-hmm. And um, in a sense, I really didn't know who I can go to, to do that. So, to you know, to kind of have that opportunity with those guys sit down and work together, you know, I learned from them as they learned from me. We kind of, it's a, it's a team effort for sure. So sitting down and kind of going get each person's different some guys are going to work on more power stuff. Some guys are going to be more short game and just kind of chipping away at it. And it's, it's a fun process to do. Um, there's excitement on all sides for me. You know, I can see some guy comes in, um, had a member a year ago that was shooting 120 and now he routinely shoots in the 80s. And, you know, yeah. his life it's changed. He told me like, you know, I was ready to quit and now I want to be out here every day. Yeah. So there's, there's all these cool different goals that happen for me. And um, I kind of just like the I kind of like the randomness of it you know, seeing so many different every time it's, golf is just so fun I mean I still go out here and try to get better
1: myself too so mm-hmm. um, it's, it's fun on all sides for me yeah and kind of um, you know like going I guess back to like building power and strength and, and speed in people's swings I guess that's something that just is across the board right regardless if there's someone who's 55 and played golf for 30 years or someone who's 16 and like, I guess it's kind of almost the same Yeah, that's a great, that's a great
0: point. I mean, I think that, you know, there's certainly guys that that come in that can gain speed um, without going and telling them now that you've got to go work out four days a week or just kind of, you know, kind of resorting to, Hey, go find a fitness professional that can make you you know faster, stronger and come back and work Mm -hmm. on that. You know, we use, we use swing catalyst uh, technology, kind of use a balance plate so we can see how much they're loading in and pushing off the ground and, use TrackMan launch monitor so we can check swing speeds and we've got drills that we can do to kind of amp that stuff up. So, you know, it's pretty, it's routine for me to see guys, you know, pick up, you know, six to 10 miles an hour in like one session, Yeah. Uh, which can be 30, 30 yards. And then you start getting a little more solid, it can be 40 yards. So. Which is uh, huge
1: for someone who's your average yeah, golfer. Changes, yeah. Yeah. It changes your
0: whole life. Right. So yeah. you go from laying up on par fours to getting a, you know, six or seven iron into them so that's a game changer
1: right there and and a lot of the stuff I think i just kind of browsed through through stuff that you post like a lot of it's kind of you know using the ground up and kind of squatting and using leg power can you explain that like a little bit more just for I mean obviously you don't have to go into super detail but just a little bit of yeah the best
0: thing I could tell is like um, you know one I'm looking at to make sure that especially in the balance that they have the, the sequence in order so You know, we've learned now through you know really good research that the sequence you're going to have you know a lateral motion first and then rotation and then vertical. So it's got to go in that order. And so a lot of times when you're you know seeing an amateur, they may be that sequence may be out of order. If you're seeing a really good you know really good player, they may just be pushing off a little bit too soon or too late. So it's just kind of sequencing that thing up. Mm -hmm. A lot of times if they're doing drills and they're pushing and they look awkward, they're trying to change their sequence. So they're hitting those things at the right time. They're maximizing their energy from the ground, maximizing that time in which they're hitting all these, you know, the fastest right at the ball. So, yeah. okay. um, the power is there. Uh, so that's, that's kind of fun. And again, it's, I kind of feel like it's, I tell a lot of people, I feel like I'm cheating now because we have information that we know is giving us that correct feedback. Right. And you know, back when I was playing high school college golf, I feel like you just grab a coach and say, Hey, give me your best look and give me your best shot right here. Cause I don't know. Yeah. And it was just a nice, a, a nice educated guess. And now we can actually show them, Hey, look, this number changed, this graph changed and, and we can go the right direction. It, it kind of helps them know that, okay, sweet, this works. That feel created something different. Look at the speed jump, look at the path change, all those things. So yeah. it really feels like, you know, it feels like cheating because they're, those things help you and they help help that person show us on just hitting a ball in the range and saying look that probably went further so
1: yeah um, it's it's
0: it's for sure
1: for sure having like the old school guys who just eyeballing it and I'm sure there's greats out there that still do they still eyeball it absolutely but you can't ignore the data right
0: yeah
1: for sure um what about you know obviously you coach a lot of good you know coach a lot of people and, and some very good players what about your own game
0: yeah. So, um, I've stayed, I've stayed fairly competitive. Um, for me, I had a surgery in December for a, um, a, a torn, uh, torn, uh, elbow. Oh,
1: so nice.
0: I've, I've suffered through, uh, I've suffered through some rehab and I'm like, I'm very, very excited for, uh, for the summer to start playing some golf. Yeah. Um, played, played nine holes Sunday and shot three under. So the, the summer's off to a promising start for me. <laughs>
1: That's awesome because I mean, most yeah, people sure. every every golfer that's gonna watch this is like, yeah, my local pro, he never plays. Like he's just in the shop no. the whole time, and it's nice, you know. I guess to get out and be able to play and do playing oh, lessons yeah, or whatever yeah. it is. So, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: I keep telling the juniors at the club. Told them what I shot. And told them I'm after him for the summer. I'm coming to get him. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, is, I, love, um, I love to play.
1: Do you, and I think a lot of a lot of people listening who are golfers like I I, I don't think. Just golfers in general don't practice ever, but when they do practice, they don't practice well, right? They don't simulate competition. They just go out, they wipe five hundred golf balls down the down, you know, hitting down wind down the range and think they're 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 done. But um from a coaching perspective, what 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 are you kind of pushing the players to do in practice when they're on their own and they you know they just and I'm sure they've got a log and goals and stuff to work on, but is there any specific competitive drills that, that you kind of go to?
0: Yeah, I would say, first of all, is like, you know, I think people think they're working on the form, and they usually are either probably overworking it or, you know, doing it at a pace or a speed where they can't really work on it. So for me, it's kind of like a, a progression system where, you know, you have a you have a swing, you can call it your, you know, your slow swing, your level one swing, where you're just trying to get those feels and positions, you know, absolutely correct. You're not trying to do a big overdue. And then you've got a level two swing where you can do it at one speed, you know, no pauses and you can hit a couple good shots that way. And then you migrate into a level three swing where you start to get those feels, you know, all four all together. And you know you can feel the difference and you're not just swinging and thinking, Hey, I'm working on it and it looks you know, just like the old swing. So for me, it's like one, two, three, three good shots with each and you're done. Mm-hmm. So there may be some days where, you know, your form work might take 10 minutes. Some days it might take you 30, but you know, don't sit up there with one club at full speed hitting 50 shots and mm-hmm. thinking that you're doing it, you know, work back and forth between those levels, push fields, do some pause swings. It's okay to, you know, hit some wild shots when you're pushing those fields. And then like you said, do some skill stuff. So you know, for us, we do like we call it field goal drills where we're doing routines and picking two targets on the range, a left post, and a right post. And, you know, don't let that ball finish outside the post, create different environments, right pins, left pins, and then just kind of work through the bag. You know, for some players, it's like, you know, trying to hit one out of three of the shots in the field goals. And then for the more elite players they are trying to do three out of four with a little tighter field goals. So just kind of it's similar practice, but kind of varying per skill level. Mm-hmm. And, um, also get them just give them fun things to do, you know, do short game stuff. Don't be afraid to go out on the golf course and, and play nine holes from 60 to 80 yards and try to shoot under par. Yeah. Um, as much as that, because you want it to be fun. You don't want it to feel super time consuming, super monotonous. You want it to feel like, Hey, I can go do this in 15, 20 minutes and be successful. It's not going to take me, this isn't a four hour prescription where, it's literally impossible. I'm just going to have to punt and not even give it a shot. So, yeah. my big advice for guys would be, you know, get with the golf, get with your local professional and create that environment where you can be successful. So, give yourself, you know, those level swings where it's say 10 to 15 minutes of practice, so it's actually achievable and not tell yourself I'm going to a balls for two hours tomorrow and figure this out.
1: Yeah. And, the, and those who are married are like, that's perfect, right? i are going to be the golf yeah. course for seven hours.
0: Absolutely. Yeah,
1: like some of the mid-ams out there who still want to play <laughs> golf like myself. Yeah, uh, sure. I, uh, I have a question from a friend of mine, Jason Smith. Jason's got uh, two young daughters that both love to play golf, and he said, uh, what do you think are some of the best practices for a parent to interact with their child um, who golfs in like a coaching and teaching perspective?
0: yeah so i think some of the best things you can do is play games and my answer there would be do a putting game with them um uh-huh. a putting game a chipping or a chipping game a very kind of short game type game where you're playing small golf in the sense where they can score and if they're just starting out too, you know make them have a par three and you have a par two in putting sure um, it can be as easy as that and that way they feel like that they can be competitive and they can win and and it's fun. And it's not something where it's like, you know, Hey, I've got no chance because dad's making two on the hole and I'm making five. Right. So make them, make them have a par five on the putting Um mm-hmm. uh, I've got a, I've got a seven year old boy and a four year old boy. And so we go out in the backyard and we'll play. Foam ball chipping to different cones, and they both they all they both have different pars, and we kind of compete. My seven year old has the same par as I do now because he can beat me.
1: but uh, <laughs> The four year old gets a
0: par three on the chipping hole, and he and we have par two. So right, they they like that, and they don't even realize they're getting better because they're just having fun playing.
1: Games. Yeah, awesome. Well, I have a few just a little more questions, and then we'll finish up. Uh, yeah. Favorite golf trip you've ever been on?
0: Favorite golf trip I've ever been on. That's really tough. Um, I'm gonna go. I took a Chicago golf trip in 2014 with my old boss from Brickhouse, Simon. He pulled me last minute. There was a spot that opened in this Lori Children's Pro-Am, and we got to go play. We played Shore Acres the first day in this pro-pro, and then the next day we played this really old-school club in Chicago called Bon-Lincia. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen it before, played with this really cool group of guys there. I ended up winning the pro, the pro-am of the event with like some really stout players. And then the third day we played Chicago golf club. So just a really kind of old school special place. Mm. Um, I'll probably always remember that one. So that was probably my favorite.
1: Yeah. Place you you haven't played yet that you want to.
0: Got to be Augusta National for sure.
1: I figured yeah. it's like everyone's go-to.
0: Yeah. I had Well, I've, I'm tempted now because I've had a couple kids playing the drive chip and putt there. And so I get to like, I've got to watch them play, which is really cool. But I've, I'd like to maybe play it too. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> are you more of a traditional golf fan or like the casual kind of it's from, from back home, like, you know, being in the UK, everyone's traditional like spikes and not spikes, but like golf shoes, slacks tucked in like the full thing. Whereas like casual out here, I mean, you're out some of the places you're playing in jean shorts. What's your take on that? I'm
0: probably traditional with like a a tiny bit of modern in there, but mostly traditional for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, anybody coming up that nobody knows yet in Oklahoma that we should keep our eyes on in the future?
0: Yeah, I'd give uh, if we're going to go, let's talk high school, so I'd probably say uh, I'd probably say Will Sides and Drew Mabry. I'll give it to them both. Okay. Will Sides is starting to play some really good golf. Uh, Drew Mabry had a back injury for a year, so he's been off a year. Just starting to play again and starting to play really good. So, okay. um, those two boys for sure.
1: Yeah, uh, I saw today that Um, Kevin Na released that Tiger is going to be the next Ryder Cup captain I I don't know if it's real but I saw it probably 15 minutes before we started recording I'm like oh so, 20, whatever that is, not 21 or something like that. So, it'd be like 2023
0: 20, yeah, or 2022.
1: 20, so, I think it was 22. It was like the next one.
0: Yeah. Um, so, I, the thing I saw today was that Rory wants to play the Ryder Cup in 2021 because he doesn't want to play without fans. So, yeah. we'll see if the golf world going to listen to uh, Rory on that one.
1: That, that would be legit. Um, did you watch the match this weekend? Yes. What do you think?
0: The whole thing. Um, so, I like. I like it, but I don't like it as much as a, a real regular golf tournament. Right. I bet, there's some, I bet there's some out there that like the fact that it's, uh, that it's a little different. They get to interact. But I, I kind of like the heat and the pressure of like the real, real major, real tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, feels yeah. a little too lax for me.
1: Yeah. I listened to uh, No Laying Up did a recap podcast on it and I listened to what they said and, and one of the things they said was they wish that Thursday and Friday rounds of a real tournament were pre-recorded and produced like the match was produced
0: oh, I like that. you know that's you just
1: watch like a two hour segment of the golf tournament and see all of which I mean that's I, I could do that that's a pretty good idea Um like- so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. But it was uh, definitely a lot of fun, and, and it's great to have everyone mic'd up. Uh, yeah, I'm just sure. glad that they started to play a little better. I wish, I wish
0: Tiger was a little more interactive. He, I feel like when it got tight, mm. he started getting pretty tight-lipped and pretty focused. Yeah. I wanted to hear, I wanted to hear him give some trash talk back to Phil. He was he was staying pretty quiet.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, favorite golf movie?
0: <sighs> Ten cup.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. It's got to be, yeah. isn't it? yeah such just, a good such a good movie
0: music's good kevin kosher's good 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 movie yeah
1: um all right i'm gonna finish with this one and i'm throwing this one in last because if i threw it in first it might set a bad tone for the interview that we've just done but i'm gonna this is from blake jackson uh he's one of the guys who does the podcast with me and he said um how close do you park next to whitey Bo- uh roger wheeler's parking spot where he
0: died Oh wow, I don't know this parking spot out there
1: Okay, because I checked the date And it's actually, it was 1981 May 27th So that's tomorrow Oh wow! So this will go out tomorrow. So there'll be everyone listening. That'd be today. It would be the day that he died. So that he okay. was throwing that in uh, there because he—that's
0: crazy. I need to figure out his parking yeah, spot. Yeah,
1: he's out. like, just ask him where he parks, and it does—is it next to that spot? But anyway, probably not, because
0: it's pretty—it's pretty far away.
1: Yeah, I thought that was. Yeah, I thought I'd leave that one till last. Um yeah. But mate, it's been a pleasure. Uh, thanks for your time. Yeah. I know it's a super quick 25 minute uh, little little chat but a lot of valuable stuff in there for everyone listening and you know I, i'm sure everyone would love to come up and play southern hills sometime in the you know one day in their lifetime maybe uh maybe they get that chance but um yeah, yeah really uh yeah. i hope you get back fit soon Hope we get down to you know playing a lot more golf and, and competing and we actually get to play in some events this year
0: absolutely that'd be
1: awesome so awesome everyone can follow you on instagram at what was it R roadie pga right Yes, sir. Awesome. And if, and if people listening can't listen to my accent, I'll put that below so they can tag you and stuff. But
0: oh, yeah. um, really Thanks. appreciate uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate
1: it. Definitely. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you. Bye bye. See ya. Thank you for listening.
1: We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content. Follow This Is Oklahoma
0: on Facebook and Instagram.